What's up, everybody? This is Brian Holiday on another edition of Not a Journalist with Troy Stark. Troy. Yo. Uh, I was like, wait, can he hear me? Can he hear me? How you doing, man? I'm here. Oh, I'm wondering if there's that much of a delay. All right. Definitely. Uh, good, 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 good. Oh, no, there's a slight delay. It's always weird, but that's okay. We'll make up for it. Folks, Troy's here. Troy, uh, you've been keeping busy. I've seen you uh, yep. on Pier on, uh, and I feel like I'm going to mispronounce her name, so I'm going to look it up. Trying to. Elspeth. Oh, no. How do you pronounce her name? Elspeth. 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 Yep. That is a joke. Right. She's awesome. Yeah. I saw her at a comedy show once. And she's great. And I saw that you were sitting in on some of her stuff. And I was just like, oh, that's really dope. And I and I also, I reached out to her recently and asked her to be on the show. So hopefully we're going to get that to happen. But what's that been like? What, what, like how are some, what are some of the things you're doing to keep busy, man? Because I know this world has been um, harder on some of the uh, performing. I mean, it's, it's slowed right the fuck down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no live performances right now. And so, so it means that my evenings are a lot more free. But like... <laughs> Honestly, for the first little bit, I was like at home doing nothing. Like my work stopped, my live shows stopped. It was just a lot of time. And uh, then, you know, you start getting into the rhythm of it. I'm working yeah. from home now, and uh, we were supposed to do Geek It, yeah, a couple weeks ago, right? Like yeah, this huge uh, kind of comic, like like con esque kind of thing that like big convention for nerds and video gamers and all this stuff. So we were writing material for the nerdy show. We had like, we had several live shows that we were going to mount that weekend yeah. that we didn't end up getting to do, which is obviously not their fault, but a, a bummer, course, you know, yeah. we were working on that stuff. And uh, then when we realized it wasn't going to happen, you know, I kind of got a little bit bummed out and what put 48 we- hours into the new final fantasy seven <laughs> remake. Yeah. Um, you didn't hear hours. about this? Oh my god! Is it good? I like. I, I'm not a game. I was, I was furious. Oh yeah. It's good. Okay. It's not great. Uh, here's the thing. They, uh, they, it's it's a money grab, man. Oh. It's like, uh, the original game, Final Fantasy, famous for it being like a multi-disc PlayStation game, right? Oh shit. Okay. And in the remake, they only gave you disc one of the remake, right? Like this is a PlayStation 4 game. You can make it as big as you want. You already built the engine and the world. Yeah. Give me the game, you know? And so I was like crushing through this part of the game to try and get to the open world thing where I get to fly the airship and where I get to like do all the Final Fantasy stuff that yeah. I was like waiting 20 years for them to remake in high definition. And then I get past this like boss that I, and I'm like, I, I've played the game before, so I know what comes next. And then they're like, roll credits. What? See you in Final Fantasy Remake Part 2. Yeah, see you in Final Fantasy Remake Part 2. 80 fucking dollars, please. Whoa, wait, wait. See how, you in like three years. How much I'm was the furious. first one? So I was like, I just want to fly an airship and ride a Chocobo. $80. And they're going to charge for the second I one? I bought it pre-release. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Uh, and they're... scenario they charge like $30 as a DLC but like no they're gonna do a whole full game of it yo they're gonna do three discs three games you love this so much you'll pay us three more times to, to how see how much it was the original game definition. it's it's such like a fuck you the fans the original game was probably $80 brand new like you know like whatever but for the whole thing standard game PlayStation game costs right yeah maybe it was even yeah, for the whole thing. Oh, shit. It comes with three discs and a 64-page booklet that has all the <laughs> yeah. little things in it. And, like, you know, it's like... You remember those, like, PlayStation... Yeah. The double opening ones? Like, that was packaging. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yo, what the fuck? Yo, I got... Dude, man, so I'm Only not... bought part, part two of the remake. Did you, what, did you know that it was only going to be part one at the time when you were uh, ordering the game? I should have maybe, but I like didn't want to like read up on it too yeah, much, yeah, yeah. and I didn't want to watch too many of the demos, and I didn't want to like spoil this game that I've already dumped three hundred hours into. Yeah, 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 if that's possible. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to like, and I did surprise myself, but it's <laughs> ah, damn. not okay. not as pleasant as them. Any regrets though? 
that's i mean no i mean it was i i got i, I was happy while it was yeah. going on it's just felt a little ripped yeah, off yeah. <laughs> i mean gonna, the fact that you said the four- i'm gonna go back and get the, the like uh platinum <laughs> trophy oh shit okay <laughs> The fact that you said you paid $80, uh, the original game was $80, you got the whole game. You paid $80, you get only disc one. Did they change that much in the graphics and whatnot in this remake? I mean, it's like any first polygons. Like, it was like a bunch of little Crash Bandicoots running around or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was like PlayStation 1 level, like, gra- like yeah. everyone's 3D, but they're like cubes. Yeah. And <laughs> it was so fun to play a 3D game, but... <laughs> yeah it looks better and the cinematics okay. like you know in the original game there was no voiceover it's all text oh. so they voiced it over they animated the cutscenes, they made it beautiful and uh okay. they changed it, this like it, a, a little bit so they could include some elements that you wouldn't see till later on you know okay so they kind of cheated some of the other parts of the game into it but like i didn't get to drive an airship what's the <laughs> point of the game I like, I like that the airship is really the sticking point of just like, like, listen, I get that you guys decided to remake the game, but the airship was the thing that I was looking yeah. for. You know, I got to admit, though, if I was playing like GTA, like one of the original GTAs and like they didn't have specific cars in it, like there's like that one. Yeah. I there's one gang that has like a yellow uh, super fast car in it and it's like top down view and that car was like so badass. I used to love playing in it. Yeah. And then if that if they remade it and there was like they changed the gangs mm-hmm. or changed the levels so much that it's not the same thing, I'd probably be pretty annoyed too. I could see that. So for me, the Grand Theft Auto equivalent would be like if you weren't allowed to drive. Like if it just took Whoa. you from mission to mission on autopilot and you weren't allowed to drive or explore the open world like the whole point of the airship is to like you know find a secret island that doesn't look like it has anything on it and then there's a legendary monster there that you're dead if you didn't prepare to fight it (laughs) you know like to like find all the little easter eggs they hid in the map yeah 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 i mean and if you don't have that you can't do you know it's so fuck square (laughs) enix <laughs> I like the anger. I like it. No, I respect that, man. Uh, I mean, my, my partner, she's very much the gamer <laughs> in our relationship. Like, she's out there playing Link, uh, a, a Zelda game right now. She's been playing it for like a couple. Oh, of, like I don't know the I don't, uh, Switch one. Yeah, she has both uh, games, uh, Zelda games, and I don't know much about Zelda. Uh, and and I know, like, my nerd card dare it be revoked because mm-hmm. some people get so mad at me when I talk about uh, how uh, I'm like a geek, but I didn't know what that flute. Like when I was at Comic Con and they were selling those flutes last year or the year before, and I did Ocarina. Exactly. I didn't know what those were. I don't know how. Like, yeah, but you know what? Okay, this is the thing that like that doesn't. It doesn't matter. This is the thing about nerd culture that like makes me like angry, but also like happy at the same time. Is that like you get to be a nerd about whatever you want? Like if you grill someone long enough, like they know way too much about like lego in the 1980s or reality tv or like whatever it is like people nerd out they find their thing they're like i know everything you could know about engineering speakers yeah 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 and you let them they'll talk to you for eight hours straight like i'll talk to you about dragon ball way too long but this guy (laughs) will talk you know we all have our thing that we're obsessive nerdy about you know but we don't have to all have the same thing that's like it's fun when they overlap, but like, you, how dare you shame me I if I that's say definitely... that Star Wars is like pretty good? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said Star Wars, folks. I'm a, I'm already afraid of what's going to happen with that one. No, but that's fair because I think one of the things I like to explain to people is like, you know, everyone has a geekdom, and that's one of the things I like about doing this podcast. Not a journalist is a lot of the people I've been talking to have different geekdoms. Like the there's a girl that I spoke to recently, and. Yeah. Her and I were on the phone one time and uh, well, no, we were on uh, IG chat and I was showing her like my collection, the Batmobile and all that stuff because I was telling her this is my geekdom. And then I was just like, what's your like, what are you into? And she started talking about like spirituality and like how she went on travels and learned all this stuff. And then she like put started putting two and two together with like stuff that she saw in the world while she was traveling in spirituality and stuff that her mom taught her. And then she find out like her mother and her grandmother were also like the family had a history of being spiritually connected. And that whole thing turned into this cool conversation where she was like, I think I just realized what my geekdom is. And I was just like, that is amazing. And then we, I was just like, let's do a podcast about this. And I brought her on and we talked about it. And that, I think, is like the most amazing, fun part nice. of it, that people can have different geekdoms. It's just, you know, sometimes I get embarrassed. And oh, yeah. 
See, I'm already getting Brian. And like, <laughs> sorry, I'm already getting this? in the comments, Brian. You've never played the Legend of Zelda. That was around when I was young. I'm getting laughed at for not playing Zelda. Right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit embarrassing, but like, <laughs> I didn't play Mario games till I was like 16. Whoa, really? Because like we had Segas in uh, our house. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we just, I didn't have Nintendo. Yeah. I maybe like played it a little bit like at my friends' places now yeah. and then or whatever, but like I didn't really get like into yeah. a Mario game until like the Mario 64 game. And that was like after it had been out for a few years, you know? Okay. And so, like, there was a huge amount of time where people would be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, making a Mario... This, even the music is so iconic, but, like, I wouldn't really connect, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I still, in my heart, I still think that Sonic is better. The game, Mario is more fun to play, but for some reason, because it was, like, the one I had in my house. Yeah. I'm, like, loyal to Sonic still, Did you... somehow. Did this you... must be how like hockey fans feel. Yeah, like, if you're raised in like uh, like Montreal, if you're raised in like Montreal and it's like you you move to Toronto, will you ever truly be a, a Leafs fan? Yeah, at a certain point, especially if you go to like you know one game a year, whatever. Hmm. At a certain point, you've seen more games in Toronto. You've probably seen Toronto play more. Yeah, but you're still like Montreal. Yo, yeah. you have your Star Trek badge on. Yeah, I, I want to put my. I'm not loyal to anything. I just noticed you have your Star Trek yeah. badge on, oh. and I'm so jealous because I have one too, but it's in a drawer somewhere. Oh, I had. I wish I had noticed it before because I would put mine on. Um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely think that. Uh. uh w when it came to it, I, I never played Sonic, which is the other thing. So I completely understand what you're talking about. I didn't have a Sega. I think the most I ever played on Sega was Mortal Kombat because at my old job, someone brought in their Sega Genesis and left it in the lunchroom because they didn't. Their mom told them they weren't allowed to play it anymore. Uh, so she made him get rid of it, and instead of get rid of it, he just oh. brought it to work and hooked it up to the TV in the cafeteria so he could play on his lunch breaks. But then all of us would play it, and I, I would play that was the only Sega game I ever really played. Oh, what did you think of the Sonic movie, though, as as someone who was a fan of the game? I fucking loved it. Oh, yeah? It okay. was, you know, okay, for it's a kid's movie. Yeah. It's a kid's movie. Yeah. yeah. So you give it a couple passes in terms of plot holes. I think, but honestly, Jim Carrey was really fun. Yeah, as a villain, like it wasn't big fat Doctor Robotnik, but he made like a really fun villain yeah. that, like, in a kids movie, it's really fun to see him explode at the end. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, assume that's not a spoiler. The villain dies. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or gets beat up. You know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz and Cyclops as like Sonic and some random dude were like pretty good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I watched. I I enjoyed it. It was like that. For but for me though, it's that same thing. I have that loyalty to Sonic. So for me though, as soon as they play the sound effect of the rings, yeah, like that's like the intro scene for the Paramount of the logo. universe, and then they do the rings and like whatever. I'm like buckled in, like when you and you're like, oh, we're in it now. Yeah. So yeah, it, that's pretty dope. It was the popcorn I wanted, you know. But you but, guys, uh, you guys end up winning because you guys got the better. Like that movie easily puts the Super Mario movie that they had in the late, what in the '90s to shame because the movie we got was trash, like horrible trash. It completely ruins the legacy. And you, yeah, but yeah, I feel like your Sonic wins. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, because, bec but the thing is, like, they, it's not that they stopped trying to do the Mario one after that movie. They did the like live, or maybe was it before? It was the be live Mario TV. Oh, show. That TV show, show was stuff like so bad, though, yeah. dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you remember that show? Do you remember how bad that show was? It was oh, it was so funny. It was so funny. <laughs> It was so painful, though. Yeah, it was that moments in there that were like the the Link cartoon and yes. everything. Oh, it was great. I, and then after the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out, they did like a live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show, and that was oh, oh that was bad. Yeah, yeah. With Venus, that unfortunately did not work well. I heard about that. Venus de Milo. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
Uh, I think one one of the things. So if you do want to watch any of those Mario episodes and the Link episodes and Captain N or whatever, all of those are available on that Tubi streaming app, the T U B I one. So that just a heads up because I've actually uh, recently watched some of them on a Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty fun. I got to admit, it is fun to go back. I don't know if it's. (laughs) Is it true that the Weird Al show is on those things the other day? And like that, I actively like got to go back and watch because I love that as a kid and i'm pretty sure it won't hold up but like i still love weird al so i kind of like i'm curious i'll check right now while we're I talking i want to leave it alone though like you know what i mean like i mean weird al had a good you're talking about the one that weird al had when we were younger younger not the not the there's some things that not his new one. Oh, dude it is the weird al show is on here yeah 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 that is so cool. Okay, thanks for the heads up on that. Yeah, the, I gotta say, man, this app when I'm when I was looking at because quarantine has led to a lot of binging, like in a way that is probably unhealthy. And I've just and I just started downloading so many different TV apps. And I have I, I was telling someone the other day I have a lot of TV apps, and they were just like, "How many TV yeah. apps can there?" Possibly? You gotta watch out, man. <laughs> the addiction. I mean, this is the, this is the new cable, man. If oh. if like you can get on twelve programs that are only seven bucks a month, oh. then you're paying more than you ever were for cable. Yeah, cable, and uh, you have to remember to unsubscribe to each and every one of those. <laughs> uh, I'm trying my best to keep, but like Tubi's free. You just have to watch yeah. commercials. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been using uh, BBC iPlayer, BritBox, Crave, Disney Plus, Dropout, Echo, Netflix, Prime Video, Tubi. To- oh. Buddy, what are you watching on the on the BBC? Uh, there's a there's a, a sitcom, not a sitcom, a sketch comedy show called Famalam that I started watching recently. That is very very good, and I I think one of my favorite things about watching British shows okay. is when you see British actors on American shows, and like this like a British actor who was on a pretty basic like sketch comedy show is now like second or third lead on a major network show over here. And it's just like the amount of time that other actors in North America put in to try and get roles and don't get it. And then this like British actor comes across the pond and just slays. And I I was like that, that to me was pretty cool that I thought that was pretty. Yeah. But, but that's like, that's like a different thing, right? Like, Like there's there's stars there that don't even care about being in a Hollywood movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Like that are just like happy to be a British television actor yeah. or like a British comedic voice. You know what I mean? And just yeah. do these like British shows. And- like you know, like the Desperate Housewives in America <laughs> are happy to just do their circuit of like yeah, like daily the- talk shows. <laughs> Um, but there's like 20 year veteran of like of like the Shakespeare company new to America. Yeah, I find like the entertainment industry in the UK and, and anyway, you guys should watch eight out of 10 cats. Which what's that? What's eight out of 10 That's cats my about? Obsession with the show. It's okay. it's you want to watch eight out of 10. Um, there's this like. So countdown is like this. Countdown is this like British game show that's like the, like their like Wheel of Fortune. Okay, it's been on forever. Um, it's not the same game, but it's been on forever. Yeah, yeah. And show like a late night panel show. They did like a crossover thing, just like you know, like sweeps week. Let's try something new, you know, like Sabrina and Boy Meets World meet or whatever. <laughs> so they did an eight out of ten. Cats does countdown thing, and it was like more popular than either of the individual shows. Oh. So then they started doing it, but it's like, it's hosted by Jimmy Carr. Oh. And then it's like four British comedians just playing like fucking numbers games and losing, being terrible at it, <laughs> but talking shit the whole time. And uh, there's like, like 10 seasons of 30, 40 episodes each season. And it's oh. like just insane, just like jokes and smack talking, like them bantering back and forth. Like it's, sometimes it's like these people are so quick yeah you yeah, couldn't yeah. script that stuff yeah you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah um, a big fat the big fat quiz show i think is one of my favorite so ones. that that's one of my favorite watches yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's something they do like once a year this yeah. is like this jimmy carr's career is made off of 
this show, eight out of ten cats, and eight out of ten cats does countdown because he hosts a, two like, of these shows a week okay. all year round. Okay, <clears throat> with like tons of like 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 great British actors and comedians, com- comedians you might know, and a bunch that like have never been careers seen. just in the UK, but yeah. like our skins too, like like that they go and do these panel shows, like you know you do uh, the late night circuit when you're promoting. Finding Dory or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like. I, I I think one of my best experiences because I met Jim Jimmy Carr once when he was in Montreal for Just for Laughs. He was at the hotel, like l- yeah. walking through the bar area, and the one of my friends was hosting an event for CJLO Radio, and she waved him down, and he actually came over and talked on air for a couple minutes with us, and he was just so nice about it, and I just remember thinking like, this guy is like an amazingly famous British comedian who easily. Every other show in town would love to get a couple minutes with him. And we just waved him over and he was just like, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's the middle of the afternoon. I got a drink in my hand and you guys seem chill. Let's go. And he just started talking with us on air. And I, I think that's one of the things. And like you were saying, he has that quick yeah. wit. It's definitely the quick wit. I was asking, but no, you were saying just watching um, him and all those guys, you kind of get a sense of like the talent over there is just such an experience with the the speed and everything that they're doing. And I, I got, I do, I always tell people that when it comes to British content, yeah. I, I feel like the Brits have a leg up on us that we just won't ever um, experience. They're just, it's just a completely different level of talent. I mean, I, I think. Americans wouldn't understand the British. That might, that maybe it's a generalization, but like, I think that British sensibilities are a bit more dry, a bit more in yeah. line with like faulty towers. Well, yeah. like watching that shit growing up, and yeah. like we, you know, Coronation Street still plays on CBC yes. every morning. Like it's we're aware of it in a way, and and we like, you know, still have a queen and all this stuff. So there's a bit of curiosity about that the same way that there's curiosity about like oh could i just move to new york or hollywood or and like do something cool like it's the big neighbor right downstairs right um <clears throat> that's why i feel like just like we have that advantage in canada being connected to both like having the uk influence on our comedy um having the uh, like uh, all that content and then also having the american influence canadians have such an interesting sense of humor that kind of blended um kind of snarky uh like dry humor mixed with the over the top like you get a jim carrey and you get a mike myers when you blend that type of stuff because you can see the difference between the canadian comedians yeah. that go to the states and make it big and when you hear them talk they talk about the influences they had watching things on cbc as a kid from the uk and stuff like that or just yeah. other canadians well and the canadian canadian stuff too and whatever and like but i think that comes also with a bit of a chip on our shoulder being like what do you mean you don't know where that town is like <laughs> you know what i mean like what what, what do you mean you've never heard of Toronto, you fucking Americans? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or Montreal or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to fucking... Fine. So but I I found when I was like like living in Toronto and like watching a lot of comedians go down to LA, not this, not New York. New York is like a very like, I think a very like smart, high pressure comedy scene. Mm. But in LA, I found that people were coming back and their jokes were so much worse. Oh. Like they had to dumb down their jokes to get laughs out of them, you know. Interesting. And I think, like, you know, there's a lot of. It really feels like making generalizations here, but like, there's a lot of like model actress gonna make it in Hollywood type, mm. good-looking people with not that much personality. I think, I, specifically in Hollywood. You yeah. Know? So it must be hard to do like a callback to a joke ten minutes ago when they're like in their own world yeah. when you're telling jokes, you know. I mean, I, I, but like it was, I definitely, I think I get what you're saying though. Uh, instead of a generalization, uh, I, because I, I've, I've heard a lot of like podcast. Oh, that's a cool lightning bolt. I've heard a lot of like podcasters oh, and nice. people talk about the fact that when they're in LA, the vibe is so different and that the, the, like people are just so chill too chill almost. And it's not even like, right. yeah, there's that sense of like, Oh, you know, laughing at this joke would be like, beneath me right now uh we got a comment right. uk original shows are a lot better than the american remakes that's fair uh i, I... another another british show i need to shout out right now is the circle uk 
The that circle. one that went on Netflix, The Circle. Oh, is that the you? British, the British version, original. Yeah, is like it's insane. Is, Specifically, season two. Just jump. Just watch season two of the British Circle. Is it, is is the UK version the original version of the series? As far as I know, it's yeah. As far as I know, but now they're doing like in the same building, right? Yeah, this is a yeah. yeah. Build, this is a building in I think Manchester. Um, they had like bought the whole building and made it their studio oh. with all these units, right? Okay. Which is cheaper than than whatever. Yeah. But now they're doing like honest. I think a six week cycle, like Spain, France, Brazil, UK, America, and just like switching out what groups of contestants come to this building in Manchester. Okay. 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 Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the... Is The Circle that interesting as a concept? Because I have a lot of people who've told me they watched it and loved it. And when I, yeah. I saw the... Yeah, it's good. Okay, because I see the trailer for it, and it seems... For, the least, Netflix one is... It's a bit shorter. It's okay. like, uh, I think, 12 episodes instead of like 20-some episodes. Okay. But you really get to see like people... It's all about like how how people interact with social media and how people try to be perceived through social media or try to change how they you know yeah which is a, a big concept to do yeah but you really get to see these people like you know um it was just everything you get to see them it's a reality show which yeah. i can't believe i'm shutting out right <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah yeah uh it's a really, really interesting experiment where like, you know, you've had this reaction where you get a message, like one of the, like, you know, classic moment in any comedy is like someone sending a message like, huh, this is going to be hilarious. Like you're going to, they're going to read this. They're going to love it, whatever. And then the person gets the message and they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> really? Like your second message. That's what he says to me. Like, that, how do I respond to this? But like seeing that in real time and like, oh, or like, I'm going to try and be a little bit like flirty and then it goes wrong. And like, it's just interesting. It's like yeah. a weird science experience. It's the Truman show, but yeah. with cell phones, it's Ooh, like, that's a good reference. I love the Truman show. One of my favorite movies, man. Uh, yeah. I remember it's, such, it's a concept that just like, it sticks with you. you know? Yeah. Like, and I remember always thinking like the Truman show was probably one of the first times that I watched something and thought to myself, Oh, this is, I think this is the first original idea I've ever seen in a movie like everything else yeah. is just another version of a different story whereas the truman show was i'd never seen anything like that unfortunately though only to find out like 15 years later that it's it's actually based on like some like a canadian uh twilight zone-esque show uh like an episode of one of those shows and i was just like oh yeah um which was kind of crazy well I mean, you know, it's sci-fi, like the, yeah. the, the, and like, you know, that's like a common theme in all of mythology is, yeah. you know, God is watching you. And so it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, it's true. It's like, it's yeah, manifest no. in a more technologically relevant 1990s true. way, Yeah. but it's, you know, God is watching you and what would y yeah. you do, you know, and whatever. At the same time, that movie blew my mind, but Hollywood can't let any idea be original because Ed TV came out the same song. Yeah, yeah. It's it <laughs> always happens, man. They like it happens every time. Paul Blart Mall Cop came out, yeah. same season as Observant Report. Report. Like yeah. Deep Impact, Armageddon. Yeah, the yeah. ones about cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ones about cars that came out. There's like yeah, yeah. Six, they six. always came out. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one that i was thinking of recently that i was like did nick cage do the same movie twice in one year but uh, i think it was i was like it was um nick cage yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, I like that guy but he does such crazy things i think it was lord of war and then another movie came out that i thought was similar then i found out it was completely different but it was just funny because every time i see nick cage i'm just like oh what craziness what do you think is the thing that led nick cage to just start doing the most wild of wild movies though because i, I think that it was tax like money like he just oh, yeah. like he got divorced and then like tax, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He just like needed to do a bunch of movies. And then I, I think there's a pretty good problem. He's got the old uh, Hollywood habit there, oh. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> speculation, <Yeah>. but <laughs> I like how you said I, speculation. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the background of a Nick Cage movie when I was living in Toronto. Oh, I was shit. on set for just one day. Okay. It was uh, this one called pay the ghost. Oh, I've never even heard and of that one. It's the... Uh, 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 dude. <laughs> the fact, 
the face you're making already, you're just like, oh man. <laughs> There's like certain days that you go to work as a background actor and you walk onto set and you're like, thank fucking Christ I'm not in charge of this <laughs> shit show. <laughs> I get to go home tonight and not think about this anymore. But it was like, you know, uh, the scene that I was in was this like carna- Halloween carnival okay. in this town. Halloween carnival. They do like they put out the hay bales and there's like you know uh, carnival shit. Yeah, yeah. People just are dressed you, up yeah, as yeah. hell. You know, you get it. Yeah. Fall, pumpkins winter, everywhere. Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, anyway, he goes to get his son. He's there with his son. He goes to get his son an ice cream cone. Oh boy. From com- comedian Darren Frost, who's okay. like one of the filthiest comedians in <laughs> Canada. Uh, goes to get an ice cream cone from Darren Frost, who's like the ice cream man, and then turns around and his kid is gone. So they film that in like the first 10 minutes of the night. And then the rest of the night is Nick Cage running through this like fake Halloween festival that they built in this like like alleyway in Toronto, like an open city block in Toronto. And just Nick Cage running through that like <laughs> set. What was the kid called? Fuck. Charlie! Charlie! It's like pushing people over, running, f- looking for his son. Like, I think like an hour into it, he forgot that he wasn't actually looking for his real son anymore. Like, it's like, ah! It was one of the wildest nights that I've ever got to witness. And uh, That's awesome, though. I mean, yeah, I got the real Nick Cage experience. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, up close and personal, Nick Cage going completely batshit crazy. Yeah, it was great. And, like, six hours of it. Like, like, you know, and then they flip the cameras around and six hours the other. Uh, (laughs) Oh, fuck. It was wild, though. It's like like one of those moments that you're like, yeah, like, if if I was a blogger when the internet came out, I would have to write about this shit. Yeah. I love Nick Cage though. Like National Treasure, when I was a kid, I like well, not even a kid because those movies came out relatively later. But I, I yeah. genuinely like National Treasure, the first one. Like it was a fun kind of like okay, he's there's like clues that have been and like if you're a conspiracy nut, National Treasure, it's like your jam because it's just like right. there's a secret message inside the Illuminati's controlling everything, and it's just like yeah. oh hey, all you crazies that think this is real, we just made a movie about it to laugh in your faces because it is real. But even even that whole trilogy was just like some net, some uh, studios answer to the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah. like oh, they're making they're making oh a big God. like conspiracy trilogy. Like we yeah. can do one of those. Get Nick Cage is a hundred dollars a day right now. God damn. What do you think? What was what was the last good movie that you saw him in? And when I say good, I'm not I'm not saying his his movies aren't good, but I'm saying yeah. what was the last movie that you saw him in that you liked? There, I should word it that way. Bad Lieutenant was oh, okay. phenomenal. Like that's like one of the greatest movies okay. I've ever seen. It's And that's one of the later ones. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. like probably twelve years old now. Oh I, shit, is it? I feel, My God. I think so. I feel like it came out before I moved to Toronto, which was Oh no. In, uh it, it was like maybe two thousand eleven, I wanna say, in hindsight. What? Wait, it's showing me Harvey Keitel. Yeah, yeah. So Harvey Keitel, Bad Lieutenant was the original, and then oh. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans was Nick Cage's. I'm gonna say 2011 masterpiece. Okay. Yeah, Port of Call, New Orleans. Yeah, 2009. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, still around. Yeah, you, you weren't you weren't far off. Yeah, that movie is so good, man. That it's like just takes you to another world like these movies that like that do that do you know what i mean like in the first like minute and a half you're like kind of on the edge of your seat val kilmer you haven't seen this movie you just just put it on the list man yeah okay i will don't i don't want to tell you anything about it because it's one of those movies that you just will you'll you'll just it's a ride (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I was always a big fan of the the rock, the uh, the like face offs, like that era of Nick Cage for me was probably sure. like the like epitome of you know his career. And- I, would, I would say this is like, I mean, I first off, I, it's directed by Werner Hurt, Werner Herzog. I saw, Herzog, I yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. So it's it's weird. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but like, just imagine if Werner Herzog made. Uh, 
Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but cast Nick Cage and decided it was about a cop. This is like... <laughs> this is what you're in for, man. <laughs> that description is amazing. <laughs> it's accurate. Like You gotta watch this movie. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but he's a cop. That's that is <laughs> that is wild. Oh my god! I it's yeah. I like Werner Herzog is a pretty dope dude too. Especially after I read um, when he was on the set of the Mandalorian, the, the Disney Plus Star Wars series, and he yeah. ch- he challenged them all to use practical effects for Yoda, the baby, the the child. Sorry, um, and all the directors took it as a personal like challenge that this guy has put on. They're just like. All right, all right, Mister Director slash Actor. Like we we got that. We could do it, and yeah. then it, it ended up working out really well. And it's just cool to see that this he, like he was sitting there and he was playing. He was an actor that day, but was just like in the subtle way directed, got them to be like. But like you don't you don't invite Martin Scorsese True. to your set and okay. then tell him like uh, the union <laughs> table. You're not eating at the like this is the the table the cast eats at. Yeah, dude. yeah, like, yeah. Okay. You're just you're you're a cameo, dude. Like stay in your trailer until <laughs> we call you. You know, like yeah. if Werner Herzog is on set, you're gonna be like, does this shot look yeah, right, yeah, dude? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Pick his please, <laughs> please look at my gear, man. Like I gotta. This is common ground we yeah. can have here. You know so much. Just just you yeah. know, just look this over. I, that's fair. That is a very very fair point. Because I would definitely, if ever had the chance to like talk to this dude, I'm not even a director, and I'd be like, hey man, like you got any tips? shots? Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah, just I yeah. love shots. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I got to talk to Spike Lee once, and I, I got to pull out like the little the little bit of knowledge I had about how he like he did this really nice shot in the TV series. Uh, She's got to have it, where he's like following someone down the street, and then he uses the bus um stop like uh the, the what's it called the thing that they sit in the the stand at the bus, bus stop. stop. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like I'm the the booth. I guess he like sure. uses the booth for blocking and then side pans around it and then switches the angle, which is such a hard oh. thing to do. Like without something in place to switch an angle is usually jarring. But he did it such a smooth way, and I got to like talk because I was a friend of mine hired me to. Uh, interview him for c2 montreal so i got to like talk to him about this on camera and like look like i kind of know what i was talking about with again spike lee who everyone tells me afterwards is one of the most notorious like interviews like he if he doesn't like you he shuts down in the interview oh and everyone like that's dope yeah it was fun a day on set of this show rookie blue do you remember yeah 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 so I was like, once again, doing like background work in Toronto, you know, uh, and it was a beautiful summer day. We were on like Toronto Island and they were filming some rookie blue sh- uh, fucking shit episode about <laughs> a music festival, like someone selling drugs at a music festival or something. You know what I mean? As they do. Yeah. 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 So I get there um, talking to the director like I'm I've done hundreds of these background days at this point. So I don't give a sh- fuck like you're the director like. Where, do you want me or like let's fucking yeah. i can hang out in the background and just eat sandwiches <laughs> oh no you want me in a t-shirt that shows my tattoos holding two cameras because yeah that's... it's a music festival great okay you know <laughs> so i'm like you know just like chatting with the director i don't re- really care too much but yeah. then he walks away all the other background actors like rush me and they're like whoa like how that's so cool like how how'd you do that? Like, whatever. And I was like, I don't know, man, he just said, hold two cameras. Look like you're taking a shot. Like it's not, this isn't real acting guys. Like you don't have like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like really trying to take it as a $12 and 50 cent an hour job. And And they're like in awe of your, uh, like you've broken the wonderful gate. Yeah. And then they're like, they're like, but yeah, but you were talking to Luke. And I was like, who? The director's name's Luke. Yeah, great. <laughs> You're like, I didn't. You know, know this. You know this is rookie blue, right? Yeah, like yeah, two yeah. weeks ago, I was pushed over by Nick Cage, and I, you know, like, <laughs> then, they're, then they're like, that was Luke Perry, and I was like, what? Oh and shit! And like, it just so happened that Luke Perry was directing that episode of Rookie Blue. 
and okay, was, I, uh, you get points for that though. You fucking spoke to Luke Perry. Landed, that's, didn't even know it. Oh I my didn't, god! I was like, I completely didn't even like clock in that it was. It was like director, director chair. Where do you want me, boss? Okay, see you later. And everyone's like, "How'd you do that?" Like, I'm working here. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what, and then once I realized it was him, I was like, "That's pretty cool." I guess he was in Oz for two episodes. Yes. Yes. I got it. That's that's similar to my <clears throat> to my Grant Morrison story, the comic book writer. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm at I'm at Comic Con. I'm at Fan Expo in Toronto, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like looking back at your comments, like yeah, Grant Morrison. Oh, I was looking at because I have a Glenn Fabry. Oh, dope. Uh, signed. I don't know how to use my camera right now, but oh, that's like. Oh yeah, that's I a went creature. Into... <clears throat> Yeah, I went into One Million Comics there and Glenn F- one day and Glenn Fabry was just sitting there what? hanging out with Rob. Yeah. Of and uh, <laughs> we were chatting for a bit and he's like, Glenn, you should sign something for this guy. He's like, runs a cool show. And oh, shit. That's that. awesome. That's fucking cool. I gave one away at a nerdy show and kept one. That, yo. Here, this, is, this is actually really cool. I got to show you because he drew an arse face. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, that character! It was. It, there were times like, it was really hard to watch that in season one. Sometimes I was like, I, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm usually okay, and it's it's not the like staring, but it's, it's it was intense. Like the way the face, and then like not even just that, the story that this kid goes through. Like, because yeah. I didn't, did. You read the comics? No, so that's the thing. I didn't read the comics. Uh, I wanted to read the comics before I watched the show. And then someone told me, funny enough, season one of the show takes place before the first comic. It's like a prequel. <clears throat> yeah, it's cool. I mean, they just kind of blend up the story. Like, you know, they rewrite it to okay. fit the new format. But uh, the comics, it's like a little bit funnier, but also like you kind of like hate him a little bit. You know, oh, he's okay. a two-dimensional character. Yeah. He's like a, a weak character that... Um, you know, had this terrible weak moment and then you yeah. kind of understand why, but it's still like, you know, he, it takes him a very long time to even like feel any sort of redemption. Yeah. Yeah. But in the show, it's like an actual human acting yeah. that character out. <laughs> yeah. And it's so hard not to like, you know, empathize a little. Yeah. It's really, Ooh, you lost me. Eh? No, no, you're still there. I can still hear you. I unplugged myself. Oh, I could still hear you. <clears throat> I guess oh. I, I guess that cable works without the headphone, which is interesting. That's pretty dope. But it's a Bluetooth headset. Oh, but gotcha, gotcha. It's uh, yeah, whatever. I think I'm just using my uh, phone mic and my headphone speakers. Okay, but yeah, no. Anyway, so, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm at Fan Expo. I meet Grant Morris. I meet a guy, this bald dude with a thick accent, and we start yeah. talking, and we do the kind of cheesy thing of two guys talking about really hot women. And we start talking for some reason about how hot Italian women are. And then he's just like, and then he explains, oh, it's because his wife's Italian. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <clears throat> and we don't talk about comics at all, which I now regret so much because at the time I didn't realize who I was talking to. Like we were just right. two guys talking. And then I'm like, well, man, it's really cool to meet you. I'm Brian. And he's just like, I'm Grant. And I shake his hand and he walks off. And I'm just like, hmm, Grant with an accent. And I turn to my yeah. friend, and my friend's jaw is just on the ground. I'm like, what? He's just like, dude, that was Grant Morrison. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, that's what, like, my brain started to, like, connect things. And I'm like, uh, I knew I knew that guy. Yeah, dude, when it comes to comic books, it's so hard sometimes. Like, yeah. Uh, the, it's really, like, I don't study, yeah. like, <clears throat> the artist's faces. But, like, if you showed me five different Iron Man yeah. drawings. I could probably tell you four of the artists that yes, drew them. Exactly. If they were like, if they were from actual comics, yeah, 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 not yeah. Like, you know, but like, I, you know, like, I know their work, but not necessarily their faces. Exactly. Like, I used to go to Fan Expo and hang out with Alex Maleev and Marco Djurjevic. Uh Like, those two always sat next to each other. They they always joke together. And I used to right. call Marco uh, Marco the mercenary Djurjevic because his whole thing was he and he openly admits it. I'm just here for the money. I'm not. Right. I, I I don't care about comic books. Like he's told me like straight up, I don't care about comic books. Uh, and I right. I'd, I'd always try and get him like, dude, do you want to talk about this on an in an interview? Because I'd love to interview you. Because it, I think it would help some people demystify the industry a bit if they understood like you do this purely for the art 
of the art. Like Marvel likes to pay you so much money because you are a great artist and you love drawing these characters, but you don't actually care much about the comic book itself. Well, I mean, yeah. He likes likes character creation is what he said. Right. But it's corporate art, right? Like no matter how you look at it, like, you know, Marvel is making money off of Captain America. Yeah. So when you have like independent comics where it's like just an artist, like, like drawing the thing that the story that they want to tell yeah it's different than you know the status quo of a spider-man comic after six issues has to go back to zero the same way that the status quo of the sitcom has to go back to zero at the end of 22 minutes you know like it's part of keeping the machine going yeah now you can see that and be skeptical like oh it's just a money machine whatever but it's also a money machine for the Brian Michael Bendis's that yeah. have made a career writing and writing tons and tons of stuff that people didn't even know his fucking name until yeah. like, he's been doing it for 15 years. You know, the artists that the same thing, like get to like, if you get four, I had a buddy that got four pages in a Marvel comic because like oh, some deadline crunch, like, like they just needed four pages quickly. And he was like one of their freelancers, but it was like, I don't know if I don't want to name the comic because it, I, I'm not 100% sure that I'm correct, but okay. it was in one of the like, you know, one of Mar- Marvel's major titles. Yeah. He had done some indie stuff for them, whatever, and he got bumped up four pages to that. And it like, that's huge. Not not only paid his rent for a, a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. it, it also uh, was like a, a, the big break that, like, yeah. for a comedian working with this celebrity or whatever, you know, like those little steps up the yeah. ladder that. And he got his name out, it, like it, the recognition. You get to add that. Well, to now it. he's now he's you know this comic that has worked on you yeah. know whether it's X Men or Spider Man or Avengers, like one of these major titles. That's pretty fucking awesome. That's kind of gives you the like clout green. Yeah, it gives you the ability to go into any studio yeah. and say like, "I'm good enough to draw for you." Yeah, 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 definitely, man. I miss you know? a, I miss my buddy the the. I got a buddy Arun who works at uh, Boom Studios now. He used to work yeah. at Marvel, and I remember he got he gave us a tour of the Marvel offices back in the day. <clears throat> and it, it was always just this kind of fun thing because we went when we went to Marvel at the time. This was the time where uh, Black Panther disappeared, and they were trying to the, the who is the Black Panther was the big storyline. Right. This is like before Storm came out. Yeah. No, it, that's after. Well, uh, yeah. no, yeah, it was potentially Storm, Shuri, uh, um, Sue Storm was the other one and then like one other person there's like a whole right. bunch of like posters and it's like who's the black panther because there's nothing official and it, and like being in the comic book a comic book fan and just being in those moments and and just knowing someone who's working behind the scenes uh, uh and the, the, i think the my, my favorite thing about knowing all these people and I'm, I'm sure your friend is similar they're so down to earth but at the same time t- they are helping create stories for that's going to influence the minds of kids for like a full generation, you know, like these superhero stories that are going to just make, you know, I don't remember how well that story was received with the black Panther, but I just remember being in that room and thinking like, this is a pretty big thing. And now that the movies come out, I'm sure if people have issues of that, it's a huge part of the story, especially Mm -hmm. since it ended up being his sister. Sorry, you were going to say something. Well, like, I think that when you're working, you know, like with Marvel doing their movies, the way they did them is, how they've always done comic book events right of being like the massive event event with 50 tie-ins and it's going to take 18 months for you to get the full story and all this stuff like that's how they've always done it and like you if you're working on that if you're working on civil war when it's coming out like though that crazy multi-comic crossover all this stuff you're hoping that it makes that impact right yeah but but then when you're working on like some random graphic novel, like the Sentry is one of my favorite standalone Marvel Marvel titles ever. Ever, yeah, I love that character. It's like it's such a good character. Oh my the, god! Like yeah. graphic novel itself, like the first one, the like there's two, I think. Okay. The first one is like talking about mental health in a yeah. way that uh, is that the one where Osborne's taking advantage of him, or is that before when he's trying to figure out? He he thinks his story is a backstory from a comic book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's where he's his own villain. Like the yes. void is like his yeah. mental. Like the void is his depression essentially. Yeah. And like every time he goes out and does some hero shit, his like self 
like subconscious yeah. goes out and destroys like the uh, uh, to keep the balances the same Dude, and this stuff and like such a good like, read, re- such a good read. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Like as good as Red Sun for me, oh, but yeah. because it was a character that I wasn't invested in, like you know you are for Superman, yeah. but <laughs> like uh, Red Sun took takes all the Superman stuff that you know and, and sweeps it aside and says this is just a really good story. Yeah. Those like little. That's why Black Panther movie yeah. was one of the one of the best of Phase Three or mm-hmm. the best of Phase Three, maybe at least as like a standalone. standalone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get stuck between that and Winter Soldier. I'm always it's it's a flip of the coin on the on one day to the next. Like I can never. Yeah, yeah Winter Soldier if, so good, and then Black Panther so good, and I'm always just like I don't know. Depends on how I feel today. Yeah, I think I need to maybe give Winter Soldier another chance. The whole Civil War chunk of that thing, like, well, yeah, of the of the MCU, just really kind of pissed me off. Oh yeah, because I was so invested in the actual comics of Civil War, and yeah. it's such a, like cliche nerd thing to say if like the comics did it better or whatever. But of like, course. the the Peter Parker was so important oh, in, that, in in that story and just absent <laughs> in the movies, and it it breaks like it just ruins the. It, Dude, it takes away a whole like Dude. layer of that. When Punisher, story. Punisher carries him after the villains have gone after him, and he comes to the hideout, and you start to realize like th- this is the moment where you realize Tony is one hundred percent wrong. You can't read yeah. Civil War and see that moment and think Tony is right. You can't. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, yeah. and then when like when and we, I'm I'm a Stark, you know, like yeah, I wanted yeah, Tony to exactly. be right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but you, he was. You have like Reed Richards, and like Sue Storm and Johnny leave because Reed is like helping build the prison for their own friends, and like you're reading this and you're just like, and I remember thinking when they were gonna do Captain America: Civil War, I'm like, okay, they don't have the Fantastic Four, they don't have Spider Man, they don't like. I'm like looking at the list on my hand of who they're missing, and I'm they like, they didn't even have uh, who Goliath, the, like the the guy that oh, gets Black killed. Goliath. Yes, I have. Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. this action figure right here in front of me. Yeah, when Thor rips through, I, well, the Cyborg Thor, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but that's a crucial moment too, oh and you're God. like, oh my. And he can't be shrunk down, and yeah. and and then and then that confrontation that Tony has with Thor later, dude. I wish we started talking comic books from the get go because this shit this, <laughs> this shit turns into a whole yeah yeah like two hours well, more. We'll have to do uh, chapter two. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Because I already feel bad that at the beginning we had such bad odd like the, the, there was such a weird delay, and then at one point you like sat back and my whole screen just like cleared, and all of a sudden you could hear me perfectly. And I was just yeah. like, oh, I guess something just clicked because uh, it definitely got smoother after that. And I apologize that we had the uh, technical difficulties at the beginning, but I mean. This is what happens. Yeah, technology. Working out of two separate home studios. Yeah, yeah, man. I, and that's one of the things I wanted to ask you real quick because I, I got to sign off in about a minute. But wh- how has it been for you guys doing your show and streaming content? Uh, you know, what's what's the experience like? How are you finding it so far? At first, uh, I was super gung ho about it, like okay. trying to get on, like trying to put out an episode a day and get on it, like uh, all, all the platforms and everything and whatever. Yeah. And then I think uh, me and the other guys with the Nerdy Show kind of had a conversation. We were like, let's take as much time as we want, put out stuff that we really like. Yeah. And like, there's no deadlines right now. Yeah. Like exactly. as much as as much as we're free to be doing the stuff that we like, you know, maybe felt like we don't have time to do. Yeah. There's no, there's no deadlines. So let's make something really cool. So I think that what we're, our focus on right now is like trying to make it look a little bit better than our other stuff has. Mm -hmm. And then keep trying to do that. So that six months, a year from now, it like looks that much better than it does today or it did last year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and like, I have a friend that's uh, interested in audio engineering. So I just like dumped a bag of gear over for him. I was like, here, this will give you months of stuff to like, like play with, you know, but like having one of the things that sucks right now that like, I really enjoy about making stuff. It's great to be able to make stuff from home, whatever. Yeah. I really like making stuff with people, you know, like I really like uh, having a space, setting up the gear, doing like getting the shot, right. Like, Oh, you know what? He's better at lighting. Get his eyes on it. This, that, whatever. And I'm, I am kind of missing the that collaboration. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, we're collaborating, but through our laptops, three yeah. and a half kilometers away. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, I get it. 
it, we're getting things done and it is fun but it's i can't wait to see people man like yeah that's uh, just what it is what are what are you uh, I, I mean man i had so many other questions i wanted to ask because uh, but what are your thoughts on what it's going to be like to be hosting shows in public spaces after this i mean i i'm hopeful yeah. i like before this shut down i had the biggest job interview of my life okay i uh got I, I had a job interview at just for laughs and it was a a good job that's all i'm gonna say okay but it was a job that very much suited me and i'm pretty hopeful that it will pan out still but yeah when the, when the festival goes on hold for who knows how long like yeah. i can't stick around and wait for that you know so yeah. i i was really excited about that stuff i think that with like i run the montreal grand as well mm-hmm I think it's gonna be weird, man. Like, I think that something people aren't accounting for is that I'm I I know of like eight events that are happening, like big, big, big events that are happening either Labor Day weekend or the first weekend of October, right? Like they're they, planned. They say that yeah. There's they say that live yeah, but September first is the soonest that you're allowed to have live shows. I don't know if everyone's gonna want to go to Blues Fest like Labor Day weekend, yeah. like. We want to get out, but I think people are going to want to go to like maybe a small comedy club that only has eighty people yeah. in it instead of and even then the like, Bell Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then, if it's eighty people, it has to be big enough that I can stand six feet away from another. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get that. So it's you know it's going to take people a while to really like dip their toes in and feel comfortable. I think, but the parks are going to be full. Oh you god, know, yeah. like they're, they're the full sunlight. now on a sunny day. You can't get sick if it's sunny. And, uh, <laughs> that would be if if this episode had a title, that would be the title. You can't get sick <laughs> if it's sunny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really nervous about it, but I'm hoping that like I, I miss live performance. Oh, like yeah, that's yeah. what I was in bands as a teenager. Um, like do I do comedy and hosting as like uh, now you know as yeah. an adult and like I just like interacting with people live and like you know like there's a certain magic of being on a stage or watching yeah. someone on a stage and like i mean there's some good youtubers too but yeah but I it's different like yeah. the no, yeah I hear it's you. a different yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 no i get that there's that energy that comes from an audience being there and that that i mean the, the first time i met you was at one of your shows and i was like yeah. one of the most vocal audience members because i like it was <laughs> so much fun to be at a geek comedy show where yeah. I was just like, I wanted to answer or be part of everything because I was just like, I haven't been to a geek comedy show and this is exactly up my alley. Like comedy and geeks who get me like, oh my God. So, you know, that, and that's, that's why I'm excited that we got to talk today and I'm looking forward to more content and more stuff that you're going to be doing because the stuff you're doing speaks to me. Thank you. And so geek it, um, I think is going to be putting out a bunch of videos and stuff of different people that they're going to work with over the next yeah, few months i know that we're supposed to be and working on ours <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm in the same boat we got like a bunch of videos we're working on and uh we're gonna dump them over there so you guys should check out the geek it page yeah. and uh the nerdy show page that's our thing okay yeah and we got some videos we're gonna be putting out there that are just fun like just like you know i figured there's a lot of top 10 lists on the internet there's a lot of like people talking about their take on you know that episode of buffy from 21 yeah. and a half years ago exactly yeah. today whatever we're gonna put out some stuff that we just think is funny and we hope that the nerds like it and Dope. that's that's our kind of motto until we're allowed to go live again that's awesome man can you give me the handles for everything that you mentioned i want to put them at the bottom yeah, yeah. so on Facebook, you can find the Nerdy Show uh, at Nerdy Show MTL or slash Nerdy Show MTL. Yeah. Um, Instagram, the Nerdy Show Montreal or Nerdy Show MTL. And that's it for the Nerdy Show. Then Sarag Millennium is at Millennium Falcon on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And Reese Turner is, uh, I think, re- at Re Reset or oh, Re Reese no. T. But Reese Turner, Sarag Millennium, The Nerdy Show, I'm Troy Stark. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's it, man. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this edition of Not a Journalist. As you can, as you heard him say, Troy Stark, great conversation. Again, apologize for the technical difficulties at the beginning. But once it got going off, it was so much fun. Nick Cage, comic books. So, dude, I can't wait to have a second conversation with you because we definitely we, we need to geek out hard over all the comic book stuff for sure. Um, 
but yeah that's it folks uh we will be back tomorrow with uh the artist wally and uh yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this one take care everybody peace and that's another edition of not a journalist with brian holiday you guys can find more episodes on brianholiday.com that's b-r-i-a-n H-O-L-I-D-A-E. Also follow me on all social media platforms at Brian Holiday. If you guys want to support me, make sure to check out my coffee page. That's ko-fi.com slash Brian Holiday. And if you have something to say, you can leave a message at anchor.fm slash not-a-journalist slash message. And I'll add it to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you.